Yeah! What's up, Achievers? It's me, your host and friend, Billy Power. It is Monday, the 30th of January, and uh, February is right around the corner. And I have some good news, everybody. You know what that news is? I'm a survivor. <laughs> That's right. I survived the last of my shows, the School of Rock. On uh, Friday, I had a recording class out at the County College of Morris, where I'm enrolled in the music technology program. And then uh, we did a little uh, little mixing, bringing up a little session of Black Magic Woman uh, that we listened to and ran through the board and kind of applied some different effects in the signal chain just to kind of see how that goes. And uh, that was pretty cool. The uh, professor though, ask me uh, how old I am, because <laughs> uh, I guess he could tell from the way I look and the conversation that perhaps I was a little bit older, and uh, I'm 48 and he's 47, <laughs> so not only am I a college freshman, but I'm also older than my professor, so that may be good, that may be bad, I don't know, guess it depends on uh, how you look at it. Uh, but at least we have some of the same reference points and I guess that's a good thing, but I'm definitely enjoying that class. Uh, all the gear and everything is super cool. And, uh, it's really cool to learn the traditional way of recording. You know, back in the day, everything was recorded to tape and analog tape on these big tape machines. And that's the way I did all the records when I was in my band Blenderhead. And, uh, you know, then they switched over to Pro Tools and more hard disk recording. And uh, so what they call uh, recording now, like in a digital audio workstation or a DAW, uh, is like recording in the software on the computer to a hard drive. Uh, excuse me. And uh, what we do in this class is use a, uh, ADAT, a Lisa's ADAT hard drive recorder and simulate that as if we were recording to tape. Um, so that we're using the board, the mixing, actual mixing board, and then uh, running things through outboard effects and using patch bays and all that kind of stuff. So I'm really pumped about that because uh, in my home setup here, of course, I don't have any of that. So I have like uh, one one interface analog to digital uh, converter uh, focus right, and then I have an Ultra Gain Pro uh, tube uh, gain stage uh, preamp that I'm using to make this uh, mic sound nice. Um, Wow, <laughs> I really went down the audio nerd uh, hole there. So for those of you uh, who work in audio engineering, maybe that was fun for you, I don't know. But anyway, I took that class on Friday and then I drove all the way down to Red Bank where my school is. I got everything loaded up, uh, picked up the U-Haul van, loaded up the van, including our new PA. We just got a new Yamaha PA at the school and then headed out to this place called Dive in Seabright, New Jersey, which is a cool little uh, restaurant bar place down there. And we did the final print show where I ran sound. Now, <laughs> this show is not without its wrinkles. Uh, I had originally gone out and looked at the space and uh, we had said she'd said there's, you know, one plug over here, one plug over there. And uh, in reality, the one plug was behind this like rolling sort of barn door kind of thing that you really couldn't access and uh, so there was just one janky, loose uh, plug that uh, I was kind of expected to plug the entire PA and all of our gear and everything into, which if you know anything about 
uh, gear and electricity and all that kind of stuff. Not, not advisable. Um, you can sometimes get away with that, but not, not really advisable. So, uh, the place is filling up and I'm, I'm running these cables and setting up these PA speakers and setting up the mixing board and setting up gear and, and, uh, and, uh, there's just one plug. So I'm getting up on a chair and unzip tying this one, uh, orange, uh, extension cord that's up on the, above these doors. And, and, uh, you know, everyone's just basically looking at me like I'm on fire and they don't have a hose to put me out with. <laughs> it's just a sad, I wish I could help, but it seems like I can't help. I had to call uh, one of my instructors at the school and have them bring another extension cord and another couple outlet strips, even though I had brought some of my own so that we could run a long orange extension cord from the back of the restaurant at the DJ booth all the way to the front to run the PA on and the monitors and the mains and then another uh, cord and strips to run uh, the Vox guitar amp, the bass rig, uh, three keyboards and uh, one other small Vox combo amp. And uh, overall, first time, really, uh, I, I did a little bit of sound at the school for an open house that we had, but I've never really ran live sound. So this was my first actual running live sound. I, I think I posted a picture on Instagram, called myself a reluctant uh, sound man, which is definitely true because being a sound man is a very unenviable job. You know, everybody has their idea of what they want to hear and what they want to hear more of. And when you're in these small, uh, confined spaces, uh, everything, even though the microphones that we're using, we're using brand new, uh, sure SM 58s, which by design are designed to be really good at noise rejection. In other words, they're really just supposed to pick up the, uh, main thing of the person talking into the microphone. Like if I talk off to the side of this microphone, you can kind of see how my voice fades away. Um, so the idea of that is it's supposed to just mainly pick up what's in front of it. But when you're that close and the gear is blasting, uh, so you got to kind of compete for the stage volume and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, supposedly I did a good job and it sounded pretty good. So I feel good about that. So we packed everything up back in the U-Haul. Good show. Uh, tons of people there. Great performance by the kids and then, uh, ran everything back to the school, loaded it in. We have this rolling door at the back of our building. We loaded the gear back in. Cause of course, unless you're an idiot, you don't leave a, a van full of your gear parked anywhere where you're not going to be able to see it. Uh, I'm sure you've heard the many horror stories of people having their gear stolen when someone drives away with their van and trailer and they lose everything. So I, I certainly couldn't run the risk of losing my brand new rolling keyboard and the brand new PA uh, that we bought at the end of the year here. Um, so yeah, so we packed that stuff in. I got home, I think around midnight, got right back up the next morning at eight o'clock, drove back down to Red Bank, loaded in at the downtown, which is another venue in, uh, in Red Bank there. Uh, upstairs, which is always fun, uh, loaded in for that. And we had the little rock one-on-one kids open the show. And then we had a two hour plus Led Zeppelin show number two, which went great. Tons of people came. Kids did awesome. Uh, it was cool. Then we had the good fortune of, uh, the venue, since we were going to have a show the very next day, they let us stash, uh, our gear upstairs in the office, uh, so that we wouldn't have to take it all down this massive flight of stairs and then bring it back, you know, load it back in the school, load it back in all that stuff. So, uh, the next day on Sunday, uh, drove back down again <laughs> and uh, had our final, final show with another little group of Rock 101 kids who are just absolutely precious. Uh, you know, the guitars and basses look almost bigger than they are. And uh, we did the show that was uh, they were followed by the kids doing Radiohead, uh, Muse and the Killers. 
And uh, that show was really great. And uh, everybody seemed stoked. And uh, yeah, it was cool. You know, there's a lot of, uh, we split the shows up this season. We used to do one big combined show with all the different shows together, but the school's grown to a level to where uh, we can't really have everybody together. And it was really encouraging to see a lot of the kids came to other kids' shows to support those shows and to support their friends. And uh, that left me with a really, really satisfied, good feeling inside. Um, I may or may not have mentioned before, you know, I live an hour from the school, so it's a lot of driving. Uh, driving is maybe my least favorite thing in my life. Uh, the only good thing to come from it is that it was sort of how I initially became uh, interested in podcasts, listening to WTF by Mark Marin, and uh, all the hours I spent in my car turned me into a podcast enthusiast, which then uh, in turn uh, got me doing this show. So on that level, uh, I guess it's good, but um, it's been a struggle. You know, when I got there, the school had about 70 kids and uh, it was losing thousands of dollars a month. And I'm happy to say now, three and a half years later, that... Uh, you know, we're doing good. It's about 100 and 160 plus kids in the school. And uh, this season, this upcoming season, we're going to do a Kiss show and a Queen show. And we're doing Pink Floyd, The Dark Side of the Moon, the entire album and Animals, the entire album. Uh, and then finally a Clash show, which I'm super excited about. I actually got to pick the entire set list for the Clash show and they're doing some great stuff. Clamp Down and uh, Police on My Back, Know Your Rights. Uh, some good topical tunes in there. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so they'll start these shows this coming week and then uh, do this for another rehearse for another four months and then we'll do this all over again and then uh, do another eight shows uh, in late May, June. Uh, but another good show season. This this next upcoming season will be the 18th uh, show season for my school and my 10th. Um, I think at the time that I've been at the school between house band and, uh, the kids and the seasonal performances and all any extra shows, I think I've done, uh, over 40 shows. So by the end of this coming season, I'll have done almost 50 shows at the school, which is crazy. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's worse things to do, right? There's worse jobs for sure. So my thought today, I, I call today's show Ignorance is Bliss, and uh, something I've just been thinking about, um, I feel like <laughs> something that you see today with a lot of people in the political climate that we're living in and the the uh, human Cheeto regime that we're uh, all struggling under. Well, some I guess some of us aren't struggling, but it seems like a lot of us are. Um, is that everybody seems so certain that, you know, if they had a different person or had this different thing that, you know, everybody has these pat answers to everything. And I just feel like the mark of maturity is being able to accept that as you get older, you get less certain of things. At least that's been true for me. Uh, you know, uh, when you're a kid and you're very, uh, f have a lot of fervor, uh, about your faith and things like that, you're like, oh, you can, you know, never get divorced. You know, the Bible condemns divorce and then your marriage fails. And then suddenly you have to kind of reconsider things or, you know, oh, gay is wrong. It's an abomination. And then, you know, you have some family members or some friends or, um, people that are gay and things aren't as uh, clear as they once were or, 
maybe uh, you're like, oh, legal immigration is wrong or whatever. And then you uh, meet somebody who um, you know struggled to uh, pay to get a green card or to uh, legally immigrate. And despite being uh, college educated and hardworking and everything, it was you were not accepted for one reason or another. Uh, all I'm saying is that it just uh, life is full of gray areas, you know, and the older that you get, uh, the more you realize, I think that you start to realize that, uh, you know, maybe everything doesn't have some clear cut answer. <laughs> so it is funny uh, to see uh, people stating things, uh, opinions as facts and uh, being so certain that, uh, you know, this or that or the other thing is the only answer or the only way of doing things. Um, let's not be too sure of that. One thing I am sure of, though, and that is this. I appreciate you. I appreciate you listeners. Um, I have been hearing from a lot of you and uh, it was kind of a big step for me to to uh, step out and do these Monday shows. I really felt like this this year uh, I wanted to try to really push myself and to do more shows. Um, and uh, it's cool to know that uh, some of the things that I've been saying have been connecting with some of you. Uh, and I really appreciate that. So uh, I don't know what else I wanted to say about that. <laughs> Maybe it was kind of a thin topic. Um, one, th- one other thing that uh, similar to that, I was talking with one of the parents of one of my kids this week, and I was just talking about the uh, homogenization of America how uh, I call it, I used to call it the uh, strip mollification of the United States, where um, we're sort of losing uh, the unique things that make our culture. I was kind of thinking about that when I saw that Colin Quinn show about New York that I mentioned a few episodes back, um, just about some of the things that make, you know, America unique, that make our cities unique and, and some of those different things, you know, it just seems like now they're just going in and, uh, you know, you go to each town now and it's like there's a Target and an Old Navy and a TGI Fridays. And uh, <laughs> it's just like, where is the uniqueness? And this same sort of thing that's happening uh, with developments and towns and that kind of thing, this cookie cutter approach to things is sort of happening in culture with art and music and all those kinds of things as well. Uh, there's a temptation, I think, uh, in our culture to if you see something that's successful to just sort of copy that. Uh, and do something that's exactly like that. And uh, so, yeah, so these are just random thoughts that I've been thinking. Um, And then if you've been paying attention, there's just sort of been a theme as I've been continuing to sort of tune out from uh, social media for the most part, um, avoiding Facebook and the feed and and, uh, all this political stuff that's going in. I guess at my age, I'm just getting to a point where it's like my heart can only take so much, you know? I don't know if you relate to that at all, but it's just like, the level of angst and uh, anger. I'm glad that there are young people out there. I'm glad that there are people taking this to the streets. Uh, There was a time in my life when I definitely did that, Um, you know, agree or disagree, uh, a fundamental right of our country. You know, there are a lot of countries where if people take to the streets, I think about Tiananmen Square uh, and different places where uh, people are murdered or uh, disappeared or, uh, you know, mowed down in a hail of gunfire. Um, so whether you agree with it or not, uh, you know, I think it's wonderful, uh, when people take to the street, uh, I was noticing this weekend, uh, in the muse, uh, section of the show yesterday, I found it kind of encouraging and cool, uh, to see these three young teenage girls, 
singing the main melodic part of the song of the chorus. Uh, they will not force us. They will stop degrading us. They will not control us. We will be victorious uh, over and over again. And it just seemed, uh, I don't know, it had a ring to it that felt right to me. And uh, maybe that's the future. You know, they say the future is female and we'll see. Uh, it's going to be an interesting four years irregardless. And uh, even if you avoid the Twitter and the Facebook and all this stuff, uh, it leaks in there, man. It gets in there. <laughs> I hear about this stuff anyway. Uh, and uh, I'm glad that there are people that will speak out. I, at this time, uh, you know, I just feel like why, you know, I'm commenting on it obviously now just a little, but uh, oh, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a rough ride. That's all I know. All right. Let's get to some other stuff here. Air and naval forces of the United States launched a series of strikes against terrorist facilities. Pan Am Flight 103 crashed into the town of Lockerbie. He sanctioned acts of terror in Africa, Europe, and the Middle East. This will not stand this aggression against uh, Kuwait. His relentless pursuit of terror. We will make no distinction. The USS Cole was attacked while refueling in the port of... Every once in a while, I make a... uh, (laughs) I make a huge mistake and uh, watch a movie that I can't unsee. And that happened yesterday when after my final eighth uh, show... I came home exhausted, and I just wanted some cheap laughs, and I was digging through the Netflix there, and it uh, seemed like a good idea. I was thinking about analyze this and analyze that and meet the Fockers, and I was like, oh, here's a funny movie with Robert De Niro uh, called Dirty Grandpa. <laughs> oh, brother. Uh, I guess the title should have scared me off, but the reviews are pretty good from people uh, on Netflix. Uh, I did not look at Rotten Tomatoes uh, until later where it got 10% <laughs> by critics and I think 8% by viewers, something like that. Anyway, uh, what an utter waste of time that was. There were some cheap laughs and, uh, you know, I'm always grateful for a laugh because uh, laughing is good for your heart and I like to laugh. Uh, but other than that, uh, oh, good Lord, what a terrible movie. Anyway, don't watch that. Don't waste your time. If you already have, I'm sorry. Still watching uh, Vikings uh, season four, first half of season four. Something I noticed, uh, you know, uh, Vikings, I believe, is on the History Channel originally, so it's not uh, rated R. Um, But I've noticed in the last few episodes, they're kind of trying, and I've never seen this show. I'm only going on what people tell me, but supposedly Game of Thrones, which is a similar type of era and time period piece or whatever, um, that there's a lot of sex and nudity and this kind of thing. Uh, There's no nudity in Vikings, uh, like I said, because it's on History Channel, but um, I believe it's History Channel. It's on a channel where they can't show that. Let's say that. I just noticed that the la- over the last couple episodes, uh, they've been trying to add some kind of like a sexual element to the thing, and they're kind of ruining it for me, honestly. Uh, the show's still great, um, but I wish they would not do that. <laughs> not necessary. Just go attack the city or do whatever you're doing. Um, but yeah, so anyway, I don't, I never know. Uh, you know, th- this season's been out for a while, so I feel bad if I'm spoiler alerting anything. I guess... If you're just starting the show or you haven't watched it, just don't listen to this next few things I'm going to say. Okay, so spoiler alert, I'm going to comment on a few things on the season. 
So in this season, uh, I think I mentioned before, they're kind of like, uh, it's sort of like the beginning of the Crusades and uh, King Ragnar, who's the leader of the uh, Vikings, uh, has taken his brother and son and all them and they've uh, attacked the city of Paris multiple times and they've all uh, been injured pretty severely. Uh, and come home and and dealt with kind of the aftermath of that kind of thing. Uh, so that was cool. And uh, there's like a whole thing where uh, King Ragnar's son kind of goes off into the wilderness for the winter. And uh, that was one of actually my favorite uh, sequences in the series. It was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know where I was going. I'm all over the place today. I apologize. Anyway, don't see Dirty Grandpa. Vikings, still good. Season four, enjoying it. Uh, you don't need to add the sex stuff, man. Take it easy with that. Um, also, Homeland is back on. I'm, I'm a big fan of the spy genre, thriller genre. And uh, my wife and I have been watching Homeland. New seasons, really great. Still a great show. Really enjoying that. And uh, Grimm is another show that we've been watching. I don't know if you've ever seen this show. It's very kind of uh, X-Files-ish. Uh, where there's kind of an overall conspiracy, not a conspiracy necessarily. There's a little bit of conspiracy, but just sort of like an overarching long tail story um, about these monsters that kind of live among us. Um, and the film, sh- uh, the show's shot in Portland, uh, so it has a cool kind of Northwestern uh, vibe. And uh, this is, I guess, the final season of that show. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they wrap it up, but I've really been enjoying, um, been enjoying that show. This last episode, they had a guy that was, uh, had three eyes monster had three eyes and three arms and his third arm, like came out of the back of his neck and it was this big muscular arm. And he's like blue looking. And, uh, the, his, uh, thing was that he was supposed to eat babies. <laughs> That sounds so weird, me saying it now, uh, but he's like a baby eater, basically, and he would have these visions into the future when it was be kids that would maybe grow up to be like Charles Manson or something, and so his uh, mo was to like eliminate these kids before they like kill their parents or like uh, become Charles Manson or uh, whatever. So I thought that was pretty cool. But uh, Grimm is another show that I'm enjoying. Um, yeah, so that's what's up with me. Finished out a new show season. I'm uh, about three weeks into my recording class. I'm really enjoying that. The next chapter in my uh, recording book is all about, uh, he said it's the most difficult chapter in the book. Um, and I'm sure this is where I'll struggle, but it's all about, uh, you know, like the sound range of human hearing and waves and and how sound waves work and and uh, vibration and all these different, you know, electronic kind of concepts and all that kind of stuff. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Uh, but yeah, hope to talk to you guys soon. And uh, thanks for listening. All right, everybody. Thanks for uh, checking in with me again for episode 87. And uh, if you want to support the show financially, you can do that at patreon.com slash urban achiever. You can email me anytime at billy at urban Please go to urban Sign up on the email list. Uh, you can also follow me on Instagram at Urban Achiever PC. And uh, as always, the Urban Achiever uh, opening and closing theme show music were written and performed by my main man, Ethan Luck. You can check out Ethan at ethanluck.bandcamp.com. All right, that's it for me this week, you guys. Uh, hope you're doing well. Happy February to you. And uh, until next time, keep up the good work. I'm proud of you. <laughs>